Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. The Hancock International Endurance Series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. It's a brand new European season for the 24H Series, starting off in, well, one of its more traditional places to begin a European season, the Mugello 12 Hours, and it's almost moved back to its traditional slot as well at the end of March. A warm welcome from everyone here at RSL and uh, connected with the 24H series, powered by Hankook. My name's Johnny Palmer. be joined very shortly by Joe Bradley as well. We'll be taking you through this two-part 12-hour race with four hours uh, later on this afternoon and an eight-hour slog tomorrow from uh, very early on in the morning. We're working, obviously, within the confines of the uh, various curfews that are in place here, but fantastic to be back at this picturesque track in Tuscany, just a stone's throw away from Scarparia. The trucks have made their way into the paddock, plenty of them, and uh, a two-pronged entry list, remember, as well. But uh, this is the first round of the European season. We've already had a round of the International Championship with the 24 hours of Dubai in January and an exciting calendar to look forward to for the rest of the season, of course, as well. In a moment or two, we'll be joining Ben Constant-Juris down on the grid as well. But uh, these 12-hour and 24-hour races running various different formats. As I say, uh, two sections to the 12 hours of Mugello today and tomorrow. Then, uh, in a fairly late move to the weekend of the 23rd and 24th of April, it will be the 12 hours of Circuit Paul Ricard. Then we head to Germany to the Hockenheim Ring in May for another 12-hour race. And then two back-to-back 24-hour events in Portimao, the south of Portugal in July, and Barcelona in the northeast corner of Spain uh, at the start of September for Trofeo Fermi Vélez. Then the Copa Florio 12 Hours of Sicily, the second time that event will have taken place at the start of October. And finally, our second big flyaway event of the season will take us to Sebring and the 24 Hours of Sebring uh, over the weekend of the 18th, 19th and 20th of November. So that is our schedule for season 2021. We'll be with you every step of the way here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We're at Mugello. It's Johnny Palmer, Bradley and the third voice you'll be hearing plenty of today and tomorrow is Ben Constantjuris who can set the scene down from the grid. Morning boys, fantastic to hear your voices, fantastic for to be back at a race circuit seeing racing cars and hearing and feeling them around this beautiful Mugello circuit. So welcome along to the pit lane where we are actually in the shade right now, but uh, when the sun comes out, it is a pretty hot uh, 18, 19 degrees. Beautiful countryside around this circuit. We do have a bit of cloud cover right now, and we're getting ready for the first of our qualifying sessions. They've had plenty of track time already. They've had free practice this morning, which has thrown up a few problems for some of our competitors. About five minutes ago, we saw the Zaxby car being brought in on the uh, back of a low loader, having been in 
the barriers. Hopefully, they'll fix that before their session, but they do have half an hour before they go. Meanwhile, you can hear and see the cars behind me heading out onto the track for the start of the first of our qualifying sessions, and that is for TCE. Splendid. Thank you so much, Ben Constantjuris. We'll be hearing plenty of him, as I say, during the next uh, well, couple of sessions, which are uh, qualifying. Brilliant to have cars out on track already for 30 minutes then of uh, go as fast as you can in order to get a good position on the grid, which will be a, a split affair between these cars, the TCEs and the GT series, because they're both gunning for completely separate titles through the course of 2021. Thank you for joining us here on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. My name's Johnny Palmer, as I've said, and Joe Bradley will be joining me for qualifying and for the first section of the race later today, which will be four hours. Uh, and that is uh, all about trying to stay on the lead lap. We'll work our way through the the various tactics that I'm sure plenty of the teams will have uh, thought about uh, long and hard in the weeks coming into this event. Uh, but, Joe, we're more or less back onto a normal schedule for the 24H series. Brilliant to see. Yeah, isn't it just fantastic to be at Mugello? Spring in Italy, perfect conditions. We heard Ben there say highs of 20 degrees expected, and that really is perfect conditions to go racing. Uh, what we're going to see in this qualifying session, Johnny, it's all about momentum at Mugello. There's not really any really tight, what we would call a tight sequence of corners. They're all very flowing. They're all very, they've kind of got a symmetry to them. And what that brings is the, it's very, very easy to slip up and push too hard into a corner, which then leads on to you being out of sequence for the next section of corners. It's a very, very tricky, very technical circuit. And once again, we'll talk about tyre wear when we get into the race. But for now, it's all about optimising those tyres and getting that optimum lap time. Very, very fast around here in certain places. But there's also some much slower technical turns as well. Uh, so it's a nice mixture. You also get the chance to run down a, a very long start-finish straight, which is what are the, what one of the TCR cars is doing now. Uh, meanwhile, the 724 car is just preparing itself to uh, join the session. And car 724 being the entry from Writer Engineering, they have uh, one KTM Crossbow GTX machine for Ika Angermeyer, Nikolai Elganayan, Horst Felbermeyer Jr. and Mads Silialhaug. And uh, that is one of six cars in the GTX category. But this uh, 30 minutes is going to disappear very quickly indeed. The track shouldn't be too green, bearing in mind free practice has already taken place. There were some unofficial test sessions yesterday as well, uh, which meant good news for some teams and very much bad news for others, with, uh, unfortunately, at least one car already out of the event after a big crash. Uh, but generally everyone got through. Uh, and remember, it, well, it wasn't essential to be part of uh, the test sessions yesterday. That was purely down to choice. And you had to find a bit more budget in order to take part in those sessions. But free practice in with the entry fee. And I'm sure plenty of people took the opportunity to uh, take to the Mugello circuit with slightly less pressure. But this is a true competitive affair. And you can almost tell that from the TCR car, which is working its way through the various sweepers on the, the back section of track. Uh, I'm told... His, sorry, Joe, go ahead, Joe. Hasn't got his rear tyres up the temperature yet, Johnny. Yeah. Just what I was seeing there about these corners, just kind of 
suck you into a sense of security and you think you can carry speed into them. And then if you haven't got the tyres where they need to be and optimised and got them up to their operating temperature, we're going to see what's happening, exactly what we're going to see to, as to the 108 car, which is losing time every time that rear end snaps around. He's scrubbing off time and uh, plenty of time, of course, in the session. So still time for him to get that rear end up to where he needs it to be so that it sticks when he turns in. The, I believe it, by the way, it's Rick Broikers at the wheel of the 101 car. We're talking about not enough rear tyre temp, but also the 108 machine, uh, which looks very smart indeed. There's a different look to that car compared to the usual Coopers. That's because it's a Cooper Leon Competition TCR for uh, Ruben Fernandez, Victor Fernandez, and Felipe Fernandez. And uh, the paint scheme on that, which is bright orange, looks very smart indeed. Almost similar to the Red Camel Jordans.nl livery, uh, but they are from the RC2 junior team by Cabra Racing. And there's a definite diff- different look to that car when you compare them side by side with the, the box standard Cooper, if I can be so cheeky to call it that. So that will stream across the line for the trio of Fernandez. They're joined in the TCR category by Autorama Motorsport. Uh, That's where one of the big stories is because Autorama by Wolfpower Racing arriving at Mugello with two cars. They are down to one now, I'm afraid, because of a big crash uh, yesterday for the 112 Volkswagen Golf. So no Jasmine Presig, Konstantin Kletzer and Roberto Ferri. And instead, it'll just be the one car of Marcus Menden, Walter Rejo and Emil Heyerdahl defending champions with the number one on the door of the uh, Volkswagen GTI TCR. I've mentioned the 101 of Ivo and Rick, Rick uh, Broikers, who are coming through the final corner now, by the way, and across the Italian flag of the Ripple Strip. Uh, 108 for the Fernandez. We've got the 121 car for Jutta Racing, uh, Jutta Racing Junior, in fact, with another Cupra. Elite Motorsport have a Volkswagen Golf. That's the 147 car. NKPP Racing by Baz Kooten Racing is another Cupra for Harry Hilders and Heis Bessem, 175. And finally, the Audi 188 of Stefan Perra and Mathieu Detri for AC Motorsport, who are always there or thereabouts when we get to the TCR part of the race. Definitely Rick Brokers at the wheel of the 101. I can see his eyes in the mirror of the car. So concentrated hard on the apices of the uh, those very tricky sweepers. You have a fairly slow speed right-hand hairpin to kick the lap off, and then it's all about commitment through the left, the right, the left and the right that come next. So Joe, early pace being set by the 175 NKPP racing machine. Yeah, just being pipped though, Johnny, as you said that, Wadsluice in the 203, just going faster, fastest time at the moment, at 2 minutes 1.5, second fastest time. Uh, the 175, as I speak, this is what I love about these qualifying sessions, Johnny, they just change constantly while you're trying to get a rundown. Uh, 2 minutes 1.9 is the second fastest time. Emil uh, Herardel in the number one car, uh, just going second. So still got a four tenths to find. But keep your eyes on the 101. Rick Broikers knows that car and he knows this track like the back of his hand. So uh, all eyes on the 101 as Broikers continues around. Again, just it's, it's, it's strange. We talk about the tyres all the time, Johnny, and uh, not more so in the early stages of a qualifying lap. 
what you want to do is you just want to bring your tire temperatures and the pressures up to where they need to be not too quickly because what you do not want to do is overheat the tire because in the latter part of the session it's going to destroy the tire and you're going to be running a lot slower than you perhaps can be uh, but for now all getting very very tight at the top with only a matter of a few tenths and as i say that rick breakers johnny crosses the line at 159.8 ted van vliet going uh strong at least his car has been going very strongly indeed and he's competing in that bmw m3 f80 endurance in the tcx category with 101 uh rick breakers so a real duel at the head of the order in tcr or tce rather between a tcr car and a TCX machine. So TCX including three BMWs, the JR Motorsport example 202 of the Schutens, Baz, Kors and Dirk Schuten. Then you've got the Ted Van Fleet JR Motorsport M3 F80 and it's Ward Schlaus and Sandra van der Schlut who are also competing with Ted. And the third BMW is a 240i racing cup car. The cars we see regularly racing in the NLS Championship uh, at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. And the 240i's, in fact, have a class designated entirely to those cars. Just the one competing at Mugello this weekend, though, for Pierluigi Alessandri, uh, Gianvito Rossi and Riccardo Flores make up the, by the sounds of things, all-Italian lineup for 351. And there's a Lotus from Lotus PB Racing, the Porsche Cayman from Speed Lover, the Belgian outfit, and the Ginetta G55 for uh, Glastonbury-based CWS Engineering for Colin White, John Bruno, and James Kell. 175 then, that has topped the session, slipping down to fourth spot. Johnny, I see Rick Breitner has had that time disallowed. Oh, yes, good uh, spot. what I can see, yeah. So he's gone from the top of the timing screens. What slice takes back that provisional pull. So the fastest time standing at the moment at 159.7. He has gone slightly quicker. But keep your eye on Rick Broyd. There's probably track limits coming into play there, JP. So um, just over half distance still to go in this 30-minute session. And the JR BMW back to the top of the times for the BMW M3 F80 Endurance as we head to the pit lane and Ben Constant-Juris for this update. CWS engineering machine with the rear ends off, work being done since practice actually on the rear end differential gearbox area of that Janetta. Uh, and as they are supposed to be in this session, they've only got about 15 minutes before they will get themselves uh, out onto the circuit and I'm not sure they will, so we may not get a time from them. But uh, for the rest, it looks pretty much plain sailing, at least the TCE and TCX category. Yeah, so 11 cars in the session rather than the expected 12. And as I've mentioned, split across two different categories with the TCX uh, BMW, the slight advantage. It's actually seven tenths of a second. So the number one car for Emil uh, Heyerdahl and the Volkswagen Golf 
Just a bit of time to find, although bear in mind TCR very much a different category from TCX, so the target is to stay ahead of all of the cars with the yellow TCR next to their name if you're following timing and scoring. If you're not, by the way, then I can give you a very useful website, timing.radioshow.limited. And then if you do a forward slash and the letter S and then forward slash 24H underscore series, or indeed if you just go to the homepage, timing.radioshow.limited, it's pretty obvious where you need to click next to get to the session uh, that we're enjoying. 16 minutes still to go, and back to the top of the times goes Rick Breukers. Well, he tried before, Joe. This is a second attempt, and let's keep our fingers crossed for Rick that he's kept it within the white lines this time. Yeah, it, he's gone and done a 59, a 1 minute 59.4. He's um, got that provisional pull, just looking at the best time other than that, still remains the possession in the possession of Ward Slice. Uh, for some reason, Johnny, he's, uh, that's been rejected as, as well. So Rick Reuters there in, into the pits, and maybe the team need to just mention to Rick that those times were outstanding. However, he's exceeding track limits to do that. 59.3 from Ward Slice, and he, well, I'm, I'm going to, fingers crossed, he remains at the top of the screen in the number two or three. Um, there's still time yet for him to be to, for, for the officials to check that lap time and see if he uh, stayed on the track Johnny remember track limits you're not allowed to put all four wheels over the white line here at Vigello and uh, the officials very very hot on it because you can gain time it's all about momentum this track and you can, by keeping and maintaining the momentum you can get a faster lap time and you, you can exceed track limits to keep that momentum going. Uh, Rick Broyk is back out on track. Did he come into the pits there, Johnny, or did he stay out? I think he, I think he stayed out. Uh, right. Let's just check. Yeah, there is no there's no pit next to his name, so he's going to stay out for a, another lap. So I'm guessing Red Camel, Jordans.nl are on the radio saying, that one was no good either, Rick. You're going to have to try again. Yeah. He actually hasn't posted a, an official... Uh, pra uh, qualifying time, Johnny. All he's got is uh, uh, the, the the rejected lap times. So at the moment, he's at the he's going to be starting at the back of this TCE field. Has pitted now. Was that because he was so low on fuel that he actually couldn't mm. push another lap out, out of it? Or at least he may have been able to finish that quick one, but then he wouldn't have been able to get home again. So gone straight into the fueling area. 13 minutes left on the clock. And I wouldn't say this is going to be necessarily too tight, but it's possibly outside of the original plan now. Um, we haven't yet mentioned that in traditional Creventic style, Creventic being the organising body, by the way, behind the 24H series, uh, fueling for the cars is done not in the pit lane but in an isolated quadrant at the start of the pit lane so rather than going down the regular pit lane if you want to fuel you have to turn sharp right and go into a, a little area which is exclusively reserved for refueling cars there's an area there for a fuel tanker to connect up and fill what are traditional supermarket pumps and you have to use the, the, the trigger, therefore, on the pump once it's connected. New for 2021 are special fuel flow meters. And which one of those you, you use depends on which class you're in and, and also which level within each class you've gone for. We don't quite have that complication 
in GT3 this weekend with no pro cars, but I think we've still got the two-level uh, AM category. We'll talk more about that later on in the weekend. Uh, but yes, you have to make sure that you have plugged in the correct fuel flow measurer uh, before you start fueling the car. And again, there's officials closely watching what you're doing there in that respect. Uh, but the fuel, for safety purposes, is done in a separate location. Once the car is fueled, you then head into the pit lane proper, and that's where you can do the tyre change and, if you wish, a driver change as well. But what it does mean is that um, you don't have to wear full fireproof uh, race suits and overalls in the working area of pit lane and maybe March is a bit too early in the year but when we get to Barcelona and Portugal later on uh, shorts are very often the order of the day in the pit lane and perfectly legal in this type of championship I'm just wondering whether where the usual places to run out wide are on this track Arabiata both one and two are fast corners particularly the second one turn nine uh, which is no doubt flat in a lot of the cars out in this session. So there, I think, on the kerbs will be one area coming out of that second right-hander. And then probably coming out of Buccini, which is the final corner on the lap, turn 15, when you're looking to try and get as much of a slingshot as possible out of the left hand. It is a hairpin, but it's quite a high-speed hairpin and very easy to drop all four wheels over the red, white and green uh, paving there as well just squeezing that throttling Johnny when you especially your Buccini uh, you come through that sweeping it's kind of downhill uh, left hand sweeping 180 degree turn onto the pit straight and it's you want to optimize that corner because that's going to then govern your top speed all the way down that one kilometer straight and so if you've got the momentum you want to keep that momentum and keep it and keep the car going and just letting the car breathe out to the exit curbs and that's what we're seeing drivers do however that's where they're potentially falling foul of track limits yeah as there's a very faint puff of tyre smoke from the rear of Mathieu Detri's Audi which is now fastest incidentally so despite it being a TCR car up against a couple of TCX machines now the BMW E46 of JR Motorsport and the BMW M3 of the same squad uh, that's not held back Mathieu Dutrie. He's found a couple of tenths of a second, in fact, on Dirk Schouten's time. Uh, 188 fastest ahead of the 202 and the Wart Schlaus time for JR Motorsport, although Wart is now in the pit lane. And with just under 10 minutes to go, still has enough time to head back out again and maybe improve upon that time. One or two cars are in the pits and also in the pits is Ben Constanturus. Front tyres obviously kept the uh, rear tyres on the car that don't do a huge amount of work but nice and warm so new front tyres for the car. Uh, team manager gave him a quick uh, telling off on the radio back out on the circuit and to try and get a lap time into that car because as we said before uh, track limits, uh, understeering out wide means that he's uh, yet to score a time, whilst many of the competitors actually are now in pit lane in the TTX category with uh, uh, not so much time remaining uh, to be able to get a lap time in. So keep an eye out for that Red Camel's uh, Cooper. 
we certainly will because that car is no stranger to uh, bagging a pole position and sometimes fairly late on so we could have a grandstand finish to the first competitive session of the weekend this is the first of a couple of qualifying sessions the next one to come will be for the gt series cars and then the grid will be set for uh, the 2021 version of the 12 hours of Mugello with one third of it to be run today and eight hours tomorrow to look forward to so through the left and right at Matarassi and Borga San Lorenzo goes the one of a couple of GR motorsport BMWs also on track is the 108 car from RC2 junior team and the Cabra Racing prepared Cupra Leon Competizione or Competition TCR I should say for Felipe Fernandez flash of the lights for Rick Brokers who is back out again let's just check that it is Rick yes it is now he suddenly jumped to second place so wasting no time at all uh, in setting that time and it hasn't disappeared yet, Joe. I'm keeping my fingers yeah. crossed here. He may well have finally secured at least a front row star and a chance to go one better yet. A 59.4 was the time, Johnny, and I kind of think it may be that he got a what we call a banker lap where he's just not really kind of pushed to the max and he's put that very, what would be in relative terms, a comfortable quick time, if that makes sense. And now, with that time having been posted... Now we're going to see Rick Breukers really go for it and hopefully just pull the reins in a little bit to keep that car within the confines of this Mugello track. Um, it's, I tell you what, Johnny, doesn't this board well for the TCE race? We've got such a, a, a very close battle for the provisional pole position and if this is the kind of race pace we're going to see just on the two minute mark one minute 59s it certainly boards well for a good battle between at least five or six cars from what i can gather i'm also looking at dirk shouten's time of a 159.253 which i assume was deleted because it's not shown in in the best column so that wasn't a legal lap but he may be capable of even faster than a 159.5 currently so We've got TCX and TCR seemingly very close indeed. So I'll echo your thoughts there, Joe. Um, if they can sustain that sort of speed, well, today, uh, and it's all about staying on the lead lap for the first four hours, then it could be a very close finish indeed. As Rick Broikers now, having set that banker lap a little while ago, does have the freedom to push a bit harder and is the first car of the session to get below a 159 effort. It's a 158 0.901. I still very much trained on the timing screen, though, to see whether we're going to get that time deleted for a third uh, event. But um, it's not disappearing just yet. So boding well for Rick Brokers and the Cooper TCR with a 158.901. And that puts him six and a half tenths, sorry, uh, three and a half tenths rather uh, clear of Matcha Detree in the AC Motorsport 188 car. Took him a little while, almost 25 minutes of a 30-minute session, but it looks like Red Camel and Jordan Stott NL are now on provisional pole, Joe Bradley. Yeah, and I'm not sure if track limits are actually policed and governed during the uh, during the free practice session, Johnny, the free testing. Yes. Um, because that might have been the, the first opportunity that Rick 
or I should say the stewards have been able to implement the guidelines for track limits. I'm sure in the driver's briefing that that's been reiterated time and time again. Track limits, track limits, track limits. We've heard it uh, very much uh, before at, in a 24-inch series race. And uh, here at Mugello, it's it's really, they, they do keep a, a very close eye on it for the reasons which I've already said. But a 58-9, outstanding lap. And I had a feeling it was coming, Johnny. I saw him, you know, the 59-4 was, a, was a, a pretty quick time. But I just knew that Broich has had that time in him. You could just tell the body language of the car on the track and team managing to have a word with him and saying, Rick, um, you know, you, you, you're using, you're exceeding track limits out there. They've been able to be specific. So Rick has adjusted that driving style and uh, he still pulled the time out. Ah, changes, Johnny. Yes. Just as you say that, there seems to be a theme to this session. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we we explain what's going on right now, and within moments, the whole picture changes. Well, Rick Broker's no longer fastest. He's slipped down to second because Wart Schlaus in the BMW M3 F80 from JR Motorsport going four thousandths of a second faster. A 158.897 from Wart, and uh, finding the crucial time quite possibly at the opportune moment there's three and a half minutes to go now rick's in the fueling area he's now in the pit lane there is the time to get back out again and set one more lap if he wishes to do that then again he is fastest in the tcr category and that was surely the main aim at the start of the session are they going to be massively concerned concerned to have been outpaced by a tcx car possibly not and they may well just be happy to park it now. But Rick Brokers has a cushion of 0.367 of a second over Mathieu Detrie. That's much more comfortable, particularly when you consider the AC Motorsport Audi is in the fueling area. So they're not in a hurry to rejoin either AC Motorsport. But JR Motorsport probably looking for a 1-2 in this session if they can manage it. And confirmation that Rick Brokers stepping out in his Audi overalls, by the way, because of his previous experience uh, with that uh, manufacturer at GT3 level, but very much racing a Cupra this weekend. They're discussing down at Red Camels, but they're certainly not going to rejoin the session, Joe. Yeah, I think when, when I saw him in the fueling area, I thought he's probably gone in there to take on his race fuel. That's it, job done. You don't want to take too much out of the tyres, remember. The tyres will have a, an optimum life where you, you can get the, the quick times and then they'll kind of, you know, start what we call plateauing. Um, they're a very good tyre, the Hankook tyre, what we use in the 24-inch series. Very durable, very strong, uh, very grippy. Um, but I did have a feeling there that Rick Breukers was in the fueling area uh, for his race fuel in preparation for the race start, which for the Red Camels Jordan team, that's what's coming next. So the top three... Look like they won't be uh, back in the session now with uh, just over 90 seconds still to go. It's pretty much a two-minute lap around here, so they won't have the opportunity uh, to get out and round again to start a quick lap. JR Motorsport then are going to go no faster than a 158.897. That puts them four thousandths of a second faster than the Rick Broker's effort that we eventually got after a banker lap 
and he produced a really impressive 158.901, but Walchlau is able to go just a very slight bit quicker than that. So that'll be the front row, a TCX and a TCR car. Mathieu Detrie for AC Motorsport, third fastest. There'll be no improvement there either. So now we're looking down as far as fourth position for possible improvement from Dirk Schouten in the BMW E46 also from JR Motorsport. The time he set, a 159.593. So three tenths of a second separating him from Detrie's effort. Emil uh, Heyendahl and the Volkswagen Golf for Autorama Motorsport by Wolf Power Racing number one is the third fastest in TCR and fifth overall in this session. And then you've got Harry Hilders in the Cupra TCR, still out on track for NKPP Racing. And it is Harry heading around the final corner at Buccini now uh, to complete this lap. If he's quick and gets across the line in the next 10 seconds, he might even be able to squeeze another lap out of this session, which is five seconds away from being completed to the chequered flag now being readied as the Seat Leon, or uh, Cupra Leon, as I... Uh, incorrectly call it uh, say at a, a thing of the past as far as this arm of the Spanish uh, mark is concerned Cupra now its own manufacturer a manufacturer within its own right think about Fiat and Arbath to compare and we've got a Cooper TCR and a Cooper Cooper Le- uh, Leon in this particular race joining Volkswagen Golfs and the Audi RS3 from AC Motorsport in the TCR division. So with its tractive suspension, which is always calculating the best settings with every turn of the wheel, uh, just falling short the 101 Red Camel Jordans.nl uh, machine of Evo and Rick Breukers. They will start from the front row, but it'll be alongside the TCX pole sitter for JR Motorsport, the BMW M3 F80 of Ward Schlaus, who set the time, and joining him in that car will be Ted Van Fleet and Sandra van der Schloot in the F80 Endurance. Then it is the 101 car over the Breukers, uh, father and son. AC Motorsport in the Audi RS3 will start from third position, the 188 Audi of Mathieu Detrie, who set the time. 158.268 his effort the RC2 junior team by Cabra Racing Cupra Leon will start from fourth position car 108 having completed 12 laps in the session that is equal most uh, so a very busy uh, 30 minutes indeed for Felipe Fernandez and possibly teammates although there won't have been much time there in order to switch drivers so I'm going to guesstimate that Felipe did the whole session behind the wheel of the car of, of car 108 Dirk Schouten in the JR Motorsport BMW E46 that will start from fifth place in car 202 the Autorama Motorsport by Wolfpower Volkswagen Golf the sole surviving number one car from that team will start sixth NKPP Racing by Baz Kooten Racing Harry Hilders doing a 159.862 in another Cupra TCR that car to start seventh and fifth in class Juta Racing Junior for Ignis Gelzinis in another Cupra car 121 will start from 8th. Elite Motorsport and Pierluigi Alessandri did a 201.005 in a Volkswagen Golf car 147. 10th position for the Belgian Speed Lover outfit with their Porsche 718 Cayman, a GT4 club sport car for Philippe uh, Vils uh, in car 206. 
the Lotus PB Racing entry for Franco Nespoli in a Lotus Elise Cup PBR car. Number 205 starts 11th place. And as Ben detailed during the session, CWS Engineering had problems and at no point could join the session. So sadly, the Genetta G55 short on mileage, number 278. Uh, let's hope that they will be allowed to start the race because often if you haven't qualified the car legally, uh, you then have to go asking very nicely indeed to race control and to the clerk of the course uh, whether you will be able to start the race. I don't think there'll be an issue there. Uh, and as long as the car is fit and ready to go, then we will see Colin White, uh, John Bruno and James Kell in the G Genetta G55. So 30 minutes done. Another 30-minute session to happen very shortly indeed, Joe. And yeah. lessons learned, I'm sure, uh, produced by the TCE field, but learned by the GT series, uh, guys, let's hope, because... Uh, we don't want any more track limits being breached. Just before we get a thought on on that from you, Joe, let's hear from Ben, who's probably not very far away from having a word with our pole sitter. Absolutely, down in pit lane with Borschluss, uh, who got the pole position for that particular session by four thousandths of a second over the TCR car. Uh, is that a bit of a surprise to be so close? Um, we knew that we are fast, exactly uh, here in Mugello, because it's uh, one of my favorite tracks. That's why also it's uh, been two years I was on drive. And uh, yeah, the team contacted me and he said, listen, can we count on you? I say, yeah, uh, let's go. After uh, all these uh, years of uh, troubles and uh, so on, so happy to be here. And uh, also grateful on the good organization. And the speed was there today. Uh, but it's a 12-hour race. Uh, happy to be in the first position, but it's 12 hours of racing, and the most important is to do a good finish. Tell us about the sensations of driving this uh, M3 around this circuit. Well, it's uh, an own-built car, so the team, it's, it's not a custom car from, uh, from BMW. It's uh, really a built, a built by the team. Uh, it's an amazing car with a lot of potential. It's not quite similar like a TCR car, but uh, yeah, it's a touring car, and we, like, we, we, we love touring cars. But rear-wheel drive, therefore, a kind of a different way of getting it around these long sweeping corners than you would a front-wheel drive car. Yeah, I'm uh, used to drive uh, silhouette cars who are lighter. This ca uh, car is uh, quite, quite heavy. Uh, or GT3s I used to drive. So this car, you need to drive very securely, very, very clear uh, lines, and then you get the times. And around the Mugello circuit, uh, we haven't got the sun yet, but uh, a spectacular place to kind of kick off your motorsport career again. Yeah, I'm living uh, like half here and half in Belgium, so I'm used to Italy. So, uh, yeah, in love of this country. So if you can uh, do your hobby and uh, in your most uh, likely uh, country, that's uh, amazing. It's a win-win. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Vart, who hails from Halle, Vlaams Brabant in Belgium, but as he said, spends half his time in, in Italy these days as well. I'm not sure whether specifically in Tuscany or maybe vaguely in the vicinity but uh, used to the weather conditions nevertheless at this time of year as Ben says not quite got the sun yet but uh, it's reasonably warm out there and at least no rain um, and this race always traditionally produces something to talk about for the next few weeks leading up to round two of the European Championship it's a cracking place to kick off the, the real meat of the Creventic season and the first race of the year uh, within the European Championship uh, the next qualifying session, just nine minutes away then, 
I reckon we started coming to this place in 2014 as part of the 24H series. Uh, that year, it was a win for Ferrari in pretty much its backyard. Uh, 349 laps were produced from a 12-hour race back in 2014 and a win for Felipe Barreros, Ilnia Milnikov and the two Talkanitzas who then went on to, to uh, compete at Le Mans and to, to race regularly in the European Le Mans series as well. So AF Corsa it was that took victory um, what, seven years ago now. Seems a lot shorter a period of time than that. And 2015 which I believe was the first year that the Radio Show Limited Network uh, began covering Quarantic races, uh, the kind of domestic races in anger, having been at the Dubai 24 hours for much longer than that. Uh, HB Racing, Team Herbert. Remember those guys? Daniel Allerman, Robert Renauer, Ralph Bone and Alfred Renauer went on to obviously much success and have done since then. Uh, They're... um, Missing in terms of the GT3 Pro division this weekend. There are no pros on the grid, but there's a very impressive lineup of GT3 AMs. Uh, but it was a victory for th- that f- uh, quadrant of German drivers in 2015 with their Porsche. So we can explore actually over the next eight or nine minutes what the GT3 AM entry looks like. There is a number seven on the grid, it's a Porsche again, but this time from dynamic motorsport for Roberto Pampanini, Mauro Calamia and Ivan Giacomo there's also a Ferrari on the grid from Kessel Racing as well with Alessandro Cutrera amongst drivers in the number 8 machine Uh, there was much success Joe and we always hark back to uh, I think still the only victory in Creventic history for a Renault RS01 but it happened here at Mugello and Equipe Vachure have a car back on the grid for Harry Colan, Eric Van Loon and Mike Vachur. That was a, a real uh, frenetic finish, I seem to remember. When they need, Would they stop for fuel or wouldn't they? They decided to stay out and actually take a post-race penalty. Yeah, that, that's brought in a lot of debate about whether or not penalties should be, uh, should be met, should be, should be administered before the flag and... Um, or whether or not you wait and then you know take it after the flag because I think if the car had taken a stop go or whatever it would have um, it would have inflicted a lot more pain on them and uh, and caused them to lose the win so it was a very good tactical move on their part to take that uh, to take that victory and stay out and take the uh, the, the, the post race penalty um, I mean what better a place to come to than Tuscany in Italy at this time of year, Johnny. The weather forecast for the rest of the weekend is pretty much what we can see here. 18 degrees to rising to 20 degrees today and likewise tomorrow. However, the forecast does show a little bit of cloud cover coming in towards the last maybe three or four hours of the race. So that might help with a bit of tyre wear and uh, might just come into play a little bit. But when I say come into play a little bit, it's not like it's going to rain. There's no rain forecast. We've got perfect conditions. And if you are watching on the stream, um, you can see the backdrop to this absolutely fantastic circuit. If you're just listening on the RSL network, then I'll try to be as eloquent as I can. Um, all those driving games that you get on computer games and you see the backdrop and you think that's just CGI. Well, the backdrop to Mugello looks like it's CGI. It's absolutely beautiful. The, the Tuscan hills, the area around the track, the, 
Italian restaurants, uh, just the, the very culture that you soak up when you visit Mugello. And when you visit the locality and all the villages around Mugello, you can't walk into a restaurant without you being surrounded by motorsport, motorcycling, car racing, memorabilia of all sorts. And it's just a wonderful place to come. And I'm so happy that the 24-inch series continues to start their European season here. And I tell you another thing, Johnny, I'm absolutely over the moon to see a BMW M3 F80 on the pole position for the Touring Car Endurance Series. Now, that is a pure saloon car, straight six BMW engine in that car. And it's a mix, isn't it? We've got a, a BMW saloon car, as I like to call it. And then we've got the TCR category in the TCE Endurance Series, both sharing that front row. And again, round of applause to the 24 uh, Series uh, officials and the staff there of getting that balance just right. Uh, because I think we've got a cracking TCE part of this race to uh, to be getting our teeth into later on today. You're right to point that out because obviously touring car racing in this the, the modern era, it, it, world globally, it, it is about the TCR division, which has really taken the, the touring car world by storm. But historically, you know, you did have and still do have in some touring car championships the chance to run a full-on saloon car, you know, booted, rear-wheel drive, and we have got that mixture actually on this grid, which is fantastic to see. So I would agree with you there. Just to place this uh, circuit within Italy then, if you know the rough area, it's about an hour's drive to the northeast of Florence. Uh, If you fly into Bologna to get to Mugello, it's more like an hour and a half to the south. Um, But um, it's a real hotbed of of motorsport with other tracks uh, very close by as well. I mean, Imola's not not that far away from Mugello. Uh, It's a beautiful place to come motor racing. And, of course, from last year, officially a Formula One track, although it may well be a one-off that because not back on the calendar for 2021, but did uh, produce a rather interesting and much-talked-about Grand Prix last year and uh, opened the eyes, I hope, uh, to many an F1 fan who wasn't actually aware that this place existed. If you're a bike fan, it's very much a different story because this has always been, uh, for a long, long time, the home of uh, the uh, the Grand Prix for bikes uh, and really does uh, g- give us a great race in that championship year in, year out because it's a momentum circuit. It's... Um, it's narrow in the sense that there's really only one racing line around here, so overtaking can be difficult at Formula One level. We often get it in this particular championship, and often on the opening lap as well. I remember back to either the 2015 or 2016 edition of this race, and overtaking started pretty much at the first corner, and not necessarily in a good way either, where there was some contact, which I think took out at least one car uh, before half a lap was completed. So lots to look forward to. We're not even at the racing stage yet with 30 minutes of GT Series qualifying to happen very shortly. And before we get to that, here's Ben again from the pit lane. Yeah, just a few updates on what I'm seeing down here. The 202 BMW teammates of the pole-sitting 203 car came into the pits uh, instantly with the left front looking a bit wonky. Uh, They've managed to get that left front off, the damage to the front left suspension. So... Uh, that would explain why they weren't able to keep pace, even though it's a very different car, of course, uh, with their teammate. Because at one point, they were on provisional pole. We had quite a few uh, drivers on provisional pole. Uh, just two boxes away is the Zach Speed uh, Mercedes, which I think I mentioned earlier uh, was in the wall at the very end of free practice. 
The car basically looks about the same as it did when it came off the low loader. Not a huge amount of rush going into fixing that machine, so don't expect to see the 13 Mercedes uh, out on circuit in this practice session. Although, looking around the other boxes, I think we should get every other car out onto circuit in a few moments' time. Uh, just a kind of a, a reference as to uh, what it's been like to get here. Um, there is obviously uh, COVID testing uh, on the gate. So you are everyone, every person who's in this paddock has had a temperature check on the gate and a declaration that they have no symptoms uh, of COVID. Uh, but uh, Italy is pretty much under quite strict uh, regulations right now uh, with uh, travel quite restricted and restaurants are not open. They do have a curfew as well uh, from 10 p.m. to 5 in the morning. Uh, that's way past my bedtime, so it doesn't really affect me. Um, but uh, restaurants are basically shut unless you are in a hotel. So uh, the joys of Mugello that uh, Joe was mentioning a little bit earlier, not quite as fantastic right now due to the situation, but we can still take in the beautiful scenery. Uh, and if you are lucky enough to have a good restaurant in your hotel, uh, then you get to, to enjoy the, the cuisine as well. Qualifying has begun green light at the end of pit lane. Yeah, no restrictions on gulping in the scenery, thankfully, but uh, you're right to point out uh, the, those others that are in place at this stage. We can dream, Joe and I can dream, and remember yeah, back to the, the, the wonderful years we've spent at Mugello. If you listen very carefully, Johnny, you can just perhaps hear the faint tones of the smallest violin playing mm -hmm. as Ben was saying that, as he stood in the Tuscan sunshine telling us the restaurants were closed. Uh, we're all very envious of you, Ben Constantinus, to be uh, at the track. Uh, but we're at the track in spirit and voice, Johnny. And the qualifying session for our GT uh, GT part of the race has begun. And uh, I don't think we've mentioned this, JP, but uh, the entry that we've uh, accrued for this 12 hours of Mugello, 42 car failed. We've lost one already, so down to 41 cars. 13 GT3 cars out qualifying now. Um, everyone electing to run in GT3 arms, so we've got nobody in the GT3 Pro category this weekend. Six cars in GTX, eight cars in 991, that's the Porsche category, and two GT4 cars. You know what? Round of applause for getting everyone together and getting them out to Mugello and uh, allowing us to have a great 12 hours. Yeah, no, tremendous effort and uh, some really big names uh, that we've become used to seeing out on a 24-H series grid and other places too so uh, we shouldn't underestimate the, 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 the effort that it takes to, to be able to negotiate the current restrictions and get a race car to a circuit like this um, and brilliant that uh, one or two have actually been encouraged to come back again after a, a full year out when it comes to Vort Schlaus who got pole position in the TCE category he hadn't raced uh, since the 2019 season, so brilliant to have him back. Um, on some entry lists, there were actually uh, three Herbert Motorsport Porsches listed provisionally. There isn't a number 93, but we do have the 91 and the 92. So the 91, exactly the same driver lineup uh, that it was in 2015 when they won the race. Daniel Alleman, Ralph Bone, Alfred Renauer, and Robert Renauer. The difference being, as I mentioned, that they are entered into GT3 AM rather than Pro, but it's exactly the, t the same spec of car, just entirely up to you uh, which part of the entry you go for. But it makes sense uh, to enter into AM because that's where all the competition is. 
So the cars that have taken to the session immediately, seven of which are GT3 AM entries, the Kessel Racing Ferrari, number eight, for Marco Frezza, uh, Daniele Diamato, another Ferrari 488 for Hella Padgett, Racing 1, car 30. MP Racing in David Gosner in a Mercedes is out there, uh, car 58. No competitive time set just yet, but they'll, become, they'll come flooding through very, very shortly. Manuel Lauk pilots a Porsche 911 GT3 for uh, Hajili by T2 Racing, car 66. CP Racing and uh, Charles Espenlaub in the Mercedes, number 85. And two Herbert Motorsport Porsches are safe for Robert Renauer, number 91, and Marco Seafried, number 92. As Manuel Lauk goes fastest with a 148.298. But there are now yellow flags out on the racetrack because of possibly a spin and continued, although the flags have yet to be withdrawn. We're not quite at a code 60 yet, but it may well go that way. And now it goes to a red flag, in fact. So we don't even get to the code 60. It is straight to a red flag because of an incident out on track. More news of that to come. But if you run a quick one, I'm afraid it's straight out of the throttle. Obey the red flags now and straight back to the pit lane. Clock continues to tick by. So this Joe is going to take crucial time away from everybody. There is a Porsche that has spun and ended up on the outside of the track, but it doesn't look like it's hit anything solid. That may well be the cause of the red flag, though, after race control gave said Porsche enough time to restart. It looks to be the 969 Porsche, uh, which has come to grief. It's in the gravel, Johnny. The gravel uh, track that I can't 11. actually quite see, but yes, you're yeah. right, it is. So embedded in the stones is the reason why the red flag has I come out. I actually couldn't see it in the gravel, Johnny. I'm just going off the timing screen, so I wasn't being clever <laughs> oh, there. Oh, you've, okay. you've spoiled it now, Joe. I, I, I thought you had <laughs> some intel. Mind. Yeah, uh, well, what that means is, of course, that they've red flagged this session so that we are able to uh, recover that car from the gravel at Turn 11, get that car back to the pits, just to remind everybody that in the 24H series, uh, we don't have any retirements just from uh, plonking in the gravel. The cars are recovered, and this includes... Uh, being in the race as well we will recover the cars back to the pits and if you can get the car back on its legs and back on its feet uh, you can continue in the race uh, and already Johnny we've got uh, a snatch tractor about to, uh, to go out there and pull that car back onto the track Excellent stuff, now one of my clocks for this session continues to tick by the other one doesn't so I'm going to go by the second one there and assume that they, we will still have the 25 minutes and 14 seconds uh, intact so the red flag came out, the clock stopped, and this hopefully won't eat too much then into the session. We're not at a massive time pressure with regard to the schedule this weekend, so there is a little bit of flexibility there should it be required. And as Joe mentioned, there's a snatch vehicle on the scene very quickly indeed. So the recovery will be swift, and hopefully for 969, uh, it will mean that the car can be put back onto, the, onto hard standing and... Giacomo Gibergio will be able to rejoin the session in his Porsche 991 uh, Gen 2 Cup car. 20th position for that car, although positions are kind of uh, not much point in reading those out just yet because we didn't have that many times produced by cars before the red flag. Uh, for the record, a 148.298 is the fastest so far for Manuel Lauk in his Porsche from Hajili by 
uh, T2 Racing. MP Racing's David Gosner in a real family affair in that car. Uh, four Gosners, I make it, competing. Manuela Gosner may be a familiar, more of a familiar name with her time in the European Le Mans series recently with Kessel Racing and then Iron Lynx last year. And it is Manuela's sister, Karina, her brother, David, in the car at the moment, and father, Thomas, who are all part of that lineup in car number 58, the MP Racing Mercedes, which has also set a time. And David Gosner did it, a 153.661. Andreas Caradini in the profile doors by Uber Racing Porsche is third fastest in this red-flagged session. The 991 class car has done a 2 minutes 0.405. And John Miller in the ST Racing BMW also set a time before the session stoppage, a 202.495 for the GT4-entered ST Racing BMW, car number 438. Everybody else was either on a quick lap when the red flag came out or was about to leave the pit lane in order to do so. And the snatch vehicle has picked that Porsche up by its nose by uh, threading the uh, towing strop. Uh, in fact, just attaching it to the wheels in, uh, very easily indeed. So hooking very it round the, f- the front wheels. And uh, that's a very efficient way of getting the car out of the gravel, Joe. And also a very efficient way of not dragging any gravel onto the track, Johnny. Yes. Because it was only a, a couple of cars widths from the track. Um, you've got that uh, beautiful red, white, and green Italian flag um, curbing, and then he was in, then the, then a bit of grass, and then he was in the gravel. And you would have thought that the, the quickest route was just to drag him across the grass, across the curbing, and onto the track. However, we would have then pulled a, a boatload of gravel onto the track. So, cracking uh, cracking job from as ever from the Magello recovery teams and the 969 Porsche is back on the tarmac because it's driving under its own steam and making its way back to the pits, Johnny. And we got a brief glimpse as well, the other side of the concrete wall of uh, some Marshall's tools there, hobble, bubble, toil and trouble, because there were three broomsticks uh, hooked up on the back of the concrete barrier there. That does seem to be the tool of choice when we do get gravel out on track rather than the... Uh, the more familiar brooms, uh, broomsticks are used instead, and they were uh, hooked up and, and ready for action. The, I don't think there'll be a problem necessarily where the Porsche fell off the track, but it is spewing quite a few stones now uh, on the approach to Buccini, and that very fast chicane just before that, the Biandetti left and right, turns 13 and 14 at Biandetti at 1 and 2. So there'll no doubt be a message from race control just to say, take it easy, everybody, when you rejoin the session. Uh, there may be the odd uh, stray stone here and there, which could potentially cause problems for tyres. That used to always worry me when any of my cars went into the gravel. Um, I was very concerned with those very small stones getting wedged in between, say, a brick caliper or a brick pad. And uh, it would mean a very full inspection and a clean out. However, Time is of the essence here with, uh, what have we got, Johnny? We've got, still got 25 minutes of the session. So maybe get the wheels off, make sure there isn't any stones in there on that 969 Porsche and get Giacomo Gibier. How are we saying that? Gibier GL? Gibier uh, Yeah, I struggled, I Gibier. have to say. Uh, Gibier Gibier Yeah. Let's go yes. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Giacomo to his friends. Yes. And the, so the GDL racing car is 
back into the pit lane and back into the session it would appear as well so 969's wasted no time at all in cracking on with it the Lamborghini uh, is that a Trofeo version do we have a couple of those we've got a we've got two Hurricane Super Trofeos in fact for Matthias Hofsumer and Leipert Motorsport but there's also one for Paulius uh, Pascavicius in the Salia RD Signs Racing Team 720 machine. So, uh, Ben, um, I, I think that the car that caused the red flag has literally come into the pit lane and back out into the session, and you've got news on other teams as well. Uh, at the end of the TCE session, I was uh, up at the top end of pit lane, just beside CP Racing, uh, Charles Butler Racing, and uh, noticed that they had uh, a belt out of the car, uh, quite late on to be changing a belt, but they discovered that there was a split uh, in, I guess, the alternator belt uh, at the front of the engine. Um, and therefore, that was a very late change. Once they identified it, a very easy change to do, and the car has been out in this session. Uh, but another little, little thing that they had to discover, all these teams obviously shaking down their cars, if they could yesterday, but otherwise this morning, and uh, learning little things, little problems that they uh, have encountered. Uh, so and that's a little bit of news on CP Racing. Also make note that there is no red Ferrari in this uh, pit lane today. We've got a few Ferraris, but none of them are red. Not even then the uh, Scuderia Praha machine, which has always run traditionally in a red livery, but does have a, a new entrant name to go with that for 2021. The middle cap racing with Scuderia Praha 488 for Josef Kral, who has been with that team for many, many seasons now, car 11, but joined by Miroslav Vibor and Matus Vibor, who hail from Slovakia, the Vibors. Now, I'm not sure whether I can tell you the family relation between those two. No, I can't at this stage. We'll do some digging and find out exactly uh, how those two are related. But Josef Kral, who hails from the uh, Czech Republic, from... Uh, having uh, competed many times, as I say, with uh, Scuderia Praha through the years. 2016 was his first year with that uh, outfit, which was regularly seen in the A6 Pro division, as it used to be called, and is a GT3 AM car for this weekend. But two new teammates down at Scuderia Praha. We have missed that machine, a regular winner in the 24-8 series over the last uh, five seasons or so. So time's obviously going to be much quicker than the times offered by the TCE qualifying session. Manuel Lauk setting the pace, at least initially, with a 148.298. But with that car currently in the pits, uh, the door is open for others to improve and jump ahead of the number 66 car. David Gosner with potential to do that for MP Racing, but also Marco Fretzer, no time yet uh, given by the Kessel Racing Ferrari, the Evo spec Ferrari from uh, last year. We've got a, a couple of versions of the evolution of the Ferrari, by the way. The 2019 Evo is the number 30 car for Hella Paget and Racing One for Daniele, uh, Daniele Di Amato, number 30, and uh, the Evo 2020 uh, Marco Frezza Ferrari which is currently in ninth place. Equipe Vachure's Ferrari for Mike Vachure himself 
goes second now with a 148.573. And that's just over a quarter of a second within Manuel Lack's time. I sense, Joe, that this is going to be just as close as the TCEs were earlier on today. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same, Johnny. You just have to look at the entry list to see just how close potentially this race is going to be. And certainly the, uh, the, the qualifying aspect of this, again, arguable as to just how important it is to be on the pole position. I'd say it's important to be in, say, the top six because you don't want to be mid-pack. You don't want to be where all the clutter is. You want to be free of, of potential incident on that first lap. And as I'm looking at the timing screen, Johnny, I can see things changing all the time. More time's being posted, of course. Um, and this 29 car field, I think it's 29 cars. I'm just going to check that we've got. Yep, got a full quarter of 29 cars out there qualifying now. So with just under 20 minutes remaining, 20 minutes of this session remaining, we've got the pole position, Manuel Log on pole position at the moment. He's in the pits as we speak. But I tell you what, Johnny, this is by no way over. We've only, we've only seen two, four, four laps is the maximum we've seen posted now so there's still plenty of time to come those tyres aren't, aren't up to optimum pressure yet no that's a good point and ambient temperature uh, left a little bit wanting as we've talked about so you're potentially going to have to work a bit harder to build the temperature in the Hankook tyres these tyres are built for endurance stints for 12 and 24 hour races Hankook a long time partner of the 24H series and therefore being of a, a, a decent compound which will take some punishment uh, you do really have to be careful in extracting a single lap time uh, Joe mentioned the hope of having 29 cars in the session well Team Zaxby's Mercedes uh, wasn't going to take part we heard that from Ben at the start of this half an hour and the other concern is the number 34 car collection Audi uh, which is still sitting in the garage as well. Car Collection, a regular in the GT3 AM uh, division, and I'm sure there are some familiar names for Car 34 this weekend. I've now skipped away from the uh, entry list page, but let me tell you that it's Johannes Kirchhoff, definitely a regular with that team, Gustav Edelhoff, likewise, and Elmer Grimm. So no departure from their usual lineup, but sadly, Ben Constantjuris, that car is not yet in the session. Yeah, I've been watching this to see exactly why, and there's no real evidence to suggest uh, why they are late in the session. There is a driver in the car, and the Hankook tyres are now being fitted to the car, so we should see a time at the end of the session. But uh, interesting, they didn't manage to get out at the, the first part of this session and weren't even able to uh, join the session at the start after the red flag period. So certainly a delay somewhere, but as I say, the car itself looks very, very clean. Mike Vachur in the Renault RS01 going fastest for Ikeep Vachur. So car number nine setting a 148.228 to go quicker than anybody else. Six laps completed, which uh, is surely the most of everybody. Whilst others have done six, but nobody on seven just yet. So they uh, will have done a, a number of laps before the red flag, as in for the two or three, and then got out in, back into the session uh, very quickly as well. Um, so no time wasted at all by Mike Fushur and uh, Ikeep Fushur, who are his father's outfit, well-known in single-seater uh, circles. 
and also in a championship that sadly no longer exists, but the Renault RSO1 trophy, where these cars competed in two sprint races and a 70-minute mini-enduro uh, when that was still uh, a going entity. Uh, a new home has had to be found for these cars, and Creventing have welcomed them with open arms. So looking resplendent in the blue and white livery this weekend, and that car hangs on to pole, well, for about half a lap before Pierre Kaffer in the Audi from Rootronic Racing by TECE, or Teche, uh, car 18, now goes fastest by 1.5 seconds. Blimey, that's some statement, isn't it, to the rest of, uh, to the, rest of the cars in this session. 1.5 seconds the gap for Pierre Kaffer, former LMP1 racer, let us not forget, for Audi. So um, no shortage of pace there, Joe, and he's proven it with a 146.6. Yeah, he's still he's still a very very strong talent, isn't he, Pierre Kappa? And to for it's it's been reduced to about a second, but a second is still night and day here. Mauro Calamia has gone up to second in the number seven Dynamic Motorsport Porsche. There, um, keep an eye out for the uh, number 85 Mercedes of Charles Espinlau. He's just come out of fueling. He's showing in the pits. I'm not sure whether he'll just come out and steer on that starting set of tyres. He's completed only five laps, so that's probably a run on those tyres. He may be getting fresh tyres. Ben might be able to confirm or deny, but Charles Espinlaub, I noticed, was very, very quick in the free practice sessions. Um, obviously, different for qualifying, and teams really do pull out their, their stops with a little bit of tweak on the setup and that. However, Johnny, on seeing that, I'm going to correct myself. With such a short amount of time between qualifying and the race, We've, what we're seeing here is the cars not being able to be set up for qualifying and we're qualifying on what we would call a rear setup. Yes, uh, with time pretty tight uh, between the two sessions. So um, a little bit of a compromise has to be hit, but then again, you could argue how important is qualifying when there's a 12-hour race to be tackled. Yes, it's always good to be close to the sharp end because that ensures that you're not involved in uh, any sort of coming together down into a, a real pinch point here at Mugello which is the first corner so better to be included in the first well three rows if at all possible just in an effort to stay out of trouble otherwise qualifying important if you get pole because uh, you know, the press release will be written about you and you there's a certain extent to, to a certain extent there's some bragging rights to be attached as well uh, but the far more important and more memorable press release is written at the end of the 12 hours by the end of Saturday so through the two right-handers at Arabiata goes one of the Porsches from the 991 division uh, 991, unsurprisingly, a class exclusively for Porsche 991 Cup cars. And they are all of the Gen 2 variety, so with the 4-litre engine rather than the older 3.8 example of the flat 6. Pierre Kaffer leading the way, but not out on the racetrack currently. The Audi that he pilots is in fueling, car number 18 for Rootronic Racing. Mike Vachure, 0.489 of a second away from Pierre's time, second. And the dynamic motorsport Porsche of Mauro Calamia is currently in third place. Then Josef Kral in the Ferrari 488. That's a 2019 spec of Ferrari, by the way, for middle cap racing by Scuderia Praha. 
and the number 18 Audi, which hangs on to pole position, looks like it's going to be cycled through 90 degrees and wheeled into the garage. So, Joe, do you think that's a problem or are they so confident about the time that uh, they're not going to continue in qualifying? Well, Johnny, you know what? They're probably going to prove me wrong and they're going to now take off the qualifying setup and tweak the camber a bit for a race. Um, you know, it's uh, um, again, Ben uh, in the pits might be able to have wandered down there and see if they are done for the day or whether or not they are choosing to maybe download some data in the garage. Um, usually we can see that done while they're changing tyres in there. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite intrigued. You know, my natural habitat is the pit lane where... Uh, and content Juris is prowling, and uh, I'm intrigued as to why they've wheeled into the character. Again, Donny, it might be that they just keep getting it out of the way and just going about their, you know, fresh set of tyres, downloading some data, uh, replenish a uh, bit of the fluids, doing some checks, uh, visual checks under the car, and plenty of time to have another run if anyone does challenge that one important yeah, Joe, Ben, I think, has got some news on uh, on what's going on with the Audi. Well, as you say, no major rush getting the car in and out. Uh, the front tyres have now been uh, taken off the Audi and uh, a new set in their blankets are being put on. Again, not too much of a rush. Uh, and uh, Pierre Caffer aboard the car looks very chilled right now, very, very relaxed indeed. Almost this is preparation if they need to go back out, but not necessarily a rush to go straight back out of the circuits, depending on how fast the rest of the field will be able to go, I suppose. Yeah, so nothing to be worried about, which uh, is, as we suspected, I think, taking this session very much in their stride, Lutronic Racing by TECE. Uh, Elmer Grimm gaining a position on the grid there from 10th to 9th for the Car Collection Motorsport Audi, setting a 151.281. Also some improvement coming from Marco Frezza in the 2020 spec Ferrari for Kessel Racing, car number eight. Mara Calamir and Manuel Lauk losing a little bit of ground. Well, certainly Calamir did because Frezza jumping ahead. Uh, but we're only talking three hundredths of a second between Frezza's time for Kessel and the Calamir effort from Dynamic Motorsport. And that car remaining in fifth position. Charles Espenlaub, meanwhile, for CP Racing, CP for Charlie Putman, who is uh, Charles's uh, co-driver, and uh, Putman, uh, the team owner, but uh, Espenlaub, a regular uh, racer within uh, that fold, and the 85 car having just set a 148.543. Doesn't mean any improvement for Espenlaub. In fact, he's going to lose a position to Marco Seafried in his Porsche for Herbert Motorsport. So the 92 car jumps up to seventh. And quite a bit of improvement coming now in the lower order of the top ten. For Herbert, for CP, for, Her for the second Herbert car of Robert Renault, number 91, and for the aforementioned car collection Motorsport. In the classes, Sabino de Castro and the Porsche for Willy Motorsport by Ebby Motors, 955 that car is fastest in the 991 class. GTX provisional pole in the hands of Leipert Motorsport for Ray Calvin in the Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo. That's car number 710. And 
that is just about it as far as the oh no GT4 I've missed out and the GT4 pole held by the for the moment by John Miller in his BMW M4 for ST racing car number 438 and that is 25th overall we're still yet to see the team Zach Speed Mercedes likely we won't see that at all in this session they're fully focused on getting the car ready uh, for the race and that's uh, as in it being repaired after an incident this morning in free practice so they aren't really really up against it in the team Zach Speed fold to make sure that they take the race start Mike Vacher is back out Johnny he's already completed an outlap and he's on what would be the, uh, his, his fast lap of this run he's currently in second in the Akeem Vacher RSL 1 the number 9 and uh, I'm going to keep an eye on that one Joseph Corral has brought the uh, little cat racing with Scuderia Baja Ferrari in. All eyes on the Ferrari of Marco Fretzer there. Uh, the Kessel Racing number eight Ferrari uh, was on a bit of a flyer. However, he did encounter traffic on his last run and that did cost him time. And uh, he's dropped down to sixth place as Robert Renauer brings the 91 Porsche up into fifth, I think, is that, uh, I think that was the change. Ah, no, Fretzer crosses the line. He goes back up to fifth at a 147.5. He's just an absolute fraction off that fourth place. All important fourth place to put himself onto the second row. And as I say that, Daniel Diamato in the Helipagid Racing 1, number 30, has, uh, has taken that fifth place off him in the number 30 with a, a 147.3. So as we thought, Johnny, it's very, very competitive at the front of this GT field. Yeah, and uh, Marco Seafried doing tremendously well. There's a chance, you know, at the end of this lap that we might have a, a different car on pole position because Seafried going through the second sector is faster than he's managed so far, a 32.464. Now, all I've got to compare that with is the split times that Pierre Caffer set on his in-lap, so they're no good. I'm not sure how this is going to compare to Pierre Caffer's effort but we're really not going to be very far away because the previous time Marco Seafried came through he was only 0.185 of a second away from Pierre Caffer's effort is it going to be a Porsche to the top of the times with just six minutes to go waiting for Marco Seafried then to stream across the line in the Herbert colours and still waiting for him to trigger the timing screen that might have been the 91 car actually of Robert Renauer He's gone for fuel. So obviously, he didn't think that that lap time was going to be quite good enough. Or are they not entirely focused on getting pole position in the session? Difficult to tell. But Marco Seafried really wouldn't have been a million miles away there from leaping ahead of Pierre Caffer and into provisional pole. But in the end, he peeled off on the exit of Buccini and headed for the fueling area instead. Again, though... The omens are good here for a very close first few hours of the race, both today and tomorrow. Because remember, at the end of the four hours today, so long as you're still on the lead lap within your class, uh, then effectively the times will be reset. If the time difference between you and the car in front is less than a lap time, then all of that is, is completely scrubbed out. And the time differential becomes basically you versus the car you were chasing on the grid, a matter of feet rather than, well, what it might be, a minute and a half, perhaps. So there is also the potential to potentially buy back 90 seconds, the best part of 90 seconds, overnight 
if you wish to kind of utilize your strategy in that way some cars when we get into the final portion of the fourth hour today even though they might be desperate for fuel decide not to do their fueling today and instead do it as the first job tomorrow morning just to ensure that they stay on the lead lap and can buy back a bit of time but yeah the reset button very much pressed uh, tonight when the checkered flag flies for the first time and uh, we start from a brand new grid tomorrow morning big wiggle there from the 34 car heading through the right hander at Casanova which is turn 7 so is it still Elmar Grimm at the wheel of the 34 uh, yes and that car is in 11th position overall and in class in the GT3 Am Brigade and he's got about two and a half seconds in order to close in on Charles Espenlab's time in the CP Racing Mercedes of a 148.523. So Pierre Caffer fastest, currently in the pit lane. Marco Seafried second fastest, also in the pit lane. Mike Vachure still in the session and only has three, cent, three tenths of a second to try and find to get onto the front row once again, Joe. He's already been in the pits as well, Johnny, so he's probably got a fresh set of tyres on that car since he's been out he's due across the line in a matter of seconds just waiting for that uh, timing screen to update and he has gone into the pits no, he's, he's gone first that's where he disappeared to <laughs> he went fastest by a full 1.1 seconds as well Johnny a 45.551 brilliant effort well there was an absolute best on that uh, that particular lap as we were describing it so I knew it was going to be something special didn't quite think that it'll be 1.1 seconds faster than Pierre Caffer though but that Renault RS01 not strictly by the letter of the law a GT3 car because there's no road going equivalent but it is permitted into the GT3 AM category under 24H series rules and uh, competing therefore for a uh, an outright GT Series win, you have to think. Well, they're going the right way about it and burning off quite a bit of fuel because they're now 13 laps completed by that Renault. And that is more than any other car in this session. So they are, and they're staying out as well. So this will be a 14th lap potentially. Has Mike Vachure got even more to give? We'll have this to just Renault, wait, wait and see. Joe? This Renault RS1... RSO one really loves the sweeps of Mugello, doesn't it? Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Johnny, uh, this is uh, the type of car. I'm not sure if it's the actual car that won this race back in uh, 14, but uh, it's certainly suited to the track here. Just once again, we're seeing a Renault, a Renault RSO one right at the forefront and at the front of this field by what I would consider that to be a considerable margin. He's due across the line any moment now, Johnny. Let's see if he can improve or whether he has indeed uh, op optimised the tyres. And can't see whether he's gone into the pit. So that was his run. A 45.551 was the time. And a big round of applause to put that car, albeit on the provisional pole, but it's only just over a minute before it becomes the pole position. Yeah, so it was 2016 that uh, the Renault RSO one took victory, but it wasn't an Akeep Vachure car on that occasion. It was V8 Racing that took the win for Luke and Max Brahms, Nicky Pastorelli and Miguel Ramos, although Mike Vachure was in the race 
and the other Renault uh, managed to finish fifth on that occasion. Uh, 345 laps they got to five years ago when a Renault last won this event and quite possibly last won a, a 24H series full stop, a 24H series event full stop. But uh, the Renault certainly making its presence felt in this uh, version of the Mugello 12 hours. And I'm looking down the timing screen to see whether anybody else might be able to leapfrog it. The 30 car possibly has the best opportunity, but there are no green times, i.e. personal bests, uh, being illuminated through the sectors just yet for for uh, Daniele Diamato. So it looks like that will be pole position secured for the Renault RSO1. A 145.551 for the Equipe Vachour car number nine. Second place for the Rutronic Racing Pierre Caffer-driven Audi number 18. The Porsche of Marco Seafried will start from the second row, number 92 for Herbert Motorsport, and Josef Kral in fourth position for the number 11 Ferrari. Hella Paget's racing one Ferrari, had a chance to go across the line and improve, but in the end, realising it wasn't on for anything particularly special, uh, peels off and heads for fueling. As we can head to Equipe Vachure and their area of the pit lane, Ben Constanturis has wasted no time at all to head to the Renault RSO1 squad to get some reaction from them. Yes, absolutely, Johnny. Thank you very much. And here we have our pole position man, Mike Vacher. Got pole position early on in the session and uh, plenty of laps to be done, but in the end, a huge gap to the rest of the field. Yeah, yesterday I drove only a few laps to get into the rhythm back again because I didn't drove for six months. But this car is fabulous here. It's so much down for us. Magnificent on the brakes, and uh, yeah, we did some improvements between the first set of tires and the second one uh, with uh, on the setup, and I think we're ready for the race. Can you keep up the pace of a one-second advantage over the rest of the field for the whole stint? Mm, I'm not pretty sure because it was really on the limit, but um, I think our car is also pretty constantly during the whole race, so uh, I'm quite happy. And okay, the race is long, and and we do it all together, so. Um, keep up the good pace, but the start is already good. And you have history as well with the Renault here, uh, Mugello. Yes, I drove here uh, five years ago uh, for the last time, also with the same car, um, and we ended up in the podium, so let's hope uh, the, the weekend will be good for us as well. What do you think makes that car particularly good around this circuit? Uh, I think it's not a really high-speed car, but especially with downforce and braking, the car mid-corner, uh, the car is really an advantage in comparison with the Porsches, for example. Um, and I think it's a bit, in, uh, this car is like a hidden secret. Nobody knows it, um, but it's really fun to drive. So what's the thoughts going into the race? Obviously a 12-hour race in total, but with this uh, four hours today and then eight hours tomorrow, uh, how do you approach, especially this first portion tonight? Yeah, actually, I will see it uh, on the moment. So uh, the, the, there is our rolling start, of course. And, um, uh, and then let's see, there are a lot of uh, Code 60 uh, incidents already here uh, over the past two days. So I think we need to be sharp on that and see where we get an advantage. And uh, yeah, there is a lot of rounds to go. So uh, let's start. Thanks very much, Mike. You're welcome. 
A lot of rounds to go, a lot of laps to go, and uh, yeah, an intense fight promised, certainly. Interesting, though, that Mike Vachure says that it's the same car that they had here in 2016. Now, what I don't know is, was it the same chassis, or does he just mean it's another Renault RSO1? Quite possibly, it is the same, the very same car, and it's done the business in this session. A 145.551 for Harry Colon, Eric Van Loon, and the man that set the time, Mike Vachure. Then it's the number 18, Rootronic Racing by TECE, uh, the German outfit. And it was Pierre Kaffer who said a 146.680. Third position for Marco Seafried's Herbert Motorsport car, the car he shares with Jürgen Herring, Bobby Gonzalez and Stefan Aust. They did a 146.865. And then the best of the Ferraris with a 147.342, the entry for middle cap racing by Scuderia Praha, Josef Kral, the man from the Czech Republic, setting the time in car 11. Fifth position, also in GT3 Am, Hella Pagid Racing 1, Daniele Di Amato. That was one of the last cars to come back into the pits, having stayed out, but the final lap wasn't going to be anything particularly special, so the car ended up uh, in fifth place. Sixth position for the second of the Herbert Motorsport Porsches. One or two people would have thought that the 91 would have finished ahead of the 92, but then again, you discount the talents of Marco Seafried. He set a third best time, and the 91 car has to make do with sixth fastest, a 147.533. Hygili uh, by T2 Racing, number 66, was the seventh fastest time, and it was Manuel Lauk who set that time pretty early on, a 147.655. And another Ferrari, this time an Evo 2020 spec, 488. 147.711 for Kessel Racing's Marco Frezza. The Italian squad Dynamic Motorsport will start from ninth position after Mauro Calamia set a 147.740. CP Racing's uh, American squad, the number 10 car is a Mercedes and it did a 148.523 for car 85, I should say, 10th position. MP Racing, car 58, is another Mercedes, did a 148.6 and it will start 11th. And the Car Collection Motorsport Audi, late to join the session, but manages to finish in 12th place after Elmar Grimm pedalled pretty quickly to produce a 151.1. Leipert Motorsport will start as the uh, best in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo uh, division. So that is a GTX car and the 13th place for the 710. GDL Racing's 991 Gen 2 Cup car from the 991 class did a 153.242 to take a class pole. 15th position for Ryder Engineering and their crossbow. The 724 car did a 153.2. And Willy Motorsport by EB Motors, a 153.5 for the 955 Porsche. Then in 17th place was the second of the Lamborghini Super Trofeos, uh, 153.8 for car 720. The 967 GDL Racing uh, 991 class car, uh, 18th place. And then the profile doors by Uber Racing 924 car, 19th. Jutta Racing will start 20th with a 155.0 produced by the 910 991 class car. Another one of those machines for Duvo Racing, 21st. AB Motors, 20, uh, second position for the 973-991 class car. And Stadler Motorsport also with a Gen 2 Porsche Cup car, 157.1, will start 23rd. 24th for the Vortex V8, car 712 for the French squad. 
Lotus PB Racing have an Exige, the only one on the grid, a 158.2. That car will start 25th. The 438 ST Racing Canadian outfit with a BMW M4 will start 26th. Another Vortex V8 uh, with their 1.0 uh, machine, that car will start 27th. 28th position for the Chentry uh, Porsche Ticino, the 412 entered 718 Cayman. And finally, Team Zaxpeed, no time in that uh, session for the Team Zaxpeed Mercedes. So obviously that will start at the back of the grid. Plenty of highlights to talk about over two 30-minute sessions. First of all, for the TCEs and then for the GT3 Series cars under a little bit of cloud, some sunshine peeping through and the Tuscan Mountains in the background. But the scene was set for the seventh edition of the Mugello 12 Hours. Sadly for the GT Series session, the red flag appeared after just four and a bit minutes to recover the 969 Porsche Cup car. That was done very efficiently indeed by the local track staff. And we got going again with just over 25 minutes remaining on the clock. And the times didn't take too long at all to start appearing. Some sideways action from Josef Kral in the middlecap.com Scuderia Praha Ferrari. Did take a bit of time for the tyre temp, particularly in the front tyres for these rear-wheel drive cars to uh, really get into the operating window. But the Renault RS01 in the blue and white colours for Iki Vachur did the business and that car will start from pole position for this latest edition of the Hankook 12 Hours of Mugello, all covered right here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. We'll return later today, of course, on the RS1 channel uh, at 12.30 UK time, uh, 1.30 Central European time for part one of the race. So that's the build-up beginning at uh, 1.30 uh, with the race a little bit after that. But be sure to join Ben Constantjuris from the pit lane and uh, Joe Bradley and myself, Johnny Palmer, live from the commentary box. The Mugello 12 hours begins in just a few hours' time. Really looking forward to it. Join us later here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at radiolamont.com.